we've all got the potential and capability to have those those conversations with individuals because actually in in kind of every, every in everyday life we do that it's just part of just being kind of living and connecting with individuals um, so we shouldn't be afraid to take those kind of values and put them in the business context um, and actually have the courage to be able to do that um, because I think it potentially can have great results really. Restore is based in Oxford and is at the practical end of tackling mental health issues and in particular supporting individuals recovering from periods of difficulty. Interestingly we often talk about mental health challenges in the workplace and having been caused by the workplace but Restore's work focuses on the workplace as a positive environment for good mental health, a place where individuals can find purpose, develop relationships, create focus in their lives and learn new skills which help them in the future. Hello, this is Zebra Talk. My name is Matt Mayer, and today I'm in conversation with Simon Newton, who's the head of operations at mental health at charity Restore. Simon, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to see now, you. Well, good to take part in this, I should say. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to have you on board. And I, and I should just say, Restore is one of the, the charities that, that my business works with, and I'm very proud to be able to, to support the work that you do and, and have an opportunity to talk to you today about what Restore does and, and share some of the, the insights that you have. Looking at Restore's purpose, uh, you talk about helping people take control of their recovery, developing skills, um, and uh, living meaningful lives in the future, having having done that. And I think that's an, it's an incredibly worthy purpose. We talk a lot about purpose generally in business these days, but that's a, that's a very clear and crisp sense of purpose for your work. Perhaps you could start by by telling us a little bit more about what Restore does and some of the issues that you're confronting and challenging at the moment? Well, Restore essentially is, is a charity which is about trying to maximise people's potential, really. Um, but we're particularly, our work is particularly around people with mental health, severe and enduring issues often. And what we're trying to do really is to try and put together a programme or a, a kind of environment where people with those particular issues are attracted to want to come to us but also very much an environment which is about kind of a learning environment where people can kind of, you know, experience making connections with other like-minded individuals, be exposed to, for example, um, practical issue creativity, that type of thing. So structured activity is a particular kind of a strength and I guess a unique selling point to restore. So our services offer opportunities, for example, to, to work in cafes, to take part in workshops in terms of gardening, allotments, get involved in the actual potential community in providing those services. We also provide opportunities for people to perhaps experience becoming a volunteer and using their particular skills to, to come into our environments and use their particular skills to, en to enable other individuals to really start to thrive. Because many of our people who come to us really are kind of in quite a stuck sort of place. They're, they're not thriving. They're often kind of, you know, um, quite disconnected from communities, quite disconnected from personal relationships. So our brief really is to try and tackle those and try and tackle those particular issues. And our vehicle really is about providing activity, but also providing 
sensitive and skilled staff around that to kind of facilitate that process to enable good sort of therapeutic relationships to be formed with individuals to listen, to use basic things like to, to listen to individuals and to try and understand what particular hidden, often hidden strengths and abilities an individual might have and provide the tap really for those to come on stream. And we, we've discovered in our work really is that if we can do that, individuals can come into our service and really start to make improvements in tackling their, their kind of mental health issues and start to really rediscover themselves again and fry. So we work across Oxfordshire. Um, in our, we've got various workshops. We also um, we work closely with members of the public. We have front-facing cafes. Um, and we also have a college, which is about enabling students from all across Oxfordshire to come and learn and learn skills around mental health and develop their awareness. Um, so that's another particular thriving arm of Restore. And I think also I think it's important to say that part of our kind of remit is also to stigma bust and to tackle some of the myths out there about the about mental health that people without those sort of difficulties can't reach their potential and often are you know written off in many ways. So um, our work also is about raising mental health awareness both in our local community. Also, you know, in terms of doing something you today, for example, working with employers in terms of trying to ensure that there are opportunities out there for individuals who come through our services to be able to sort of potentially move forward in their lives by maybe getting a job or, or kind of moving towards that sort of outcome. So we've been we've been operating for a number of years over, I think it's over 30 plus years now in Oxfordshire. Um, and um, we're very much kind of, I mean, it, well, it's a real privilege to be involved with it, actually. I'd say it's, it's an absolute privilege. But, um, you know, at the moment, the main bit of work is really, it, it's we've obviously like everybody else in kind of business we're trying to sort of rejig our services to work with the challenges of what we're facing in terms of the pandemic that's a challenge for us because we're having to look at different ways of working um trying to replicate the experience which we offer people in a kind of in digital ways trying to take care of our workforce to make sure they thrive under those sort of um, circumstances we're trying to, we're obviously working within a, a funding envelope, which is particularly challenging. So we have to make sure that we attract um, appropriate stakeholders to want to get involved with our work, really, to fund us, but also to, so we can, that people want to form relationships with us so we can kind of build from that. So Restore's not seen in isolation. It's part of, part of a kind of connection with other like-minded partners. So that's an important bit of work in these tough sort of funding times. Um, and I think it's about making sense of the new world, really, the world of kind of, you know, where we're at sort of post-COVID. You know, money's going to be mega tight and there's also going to be, you know, unfortunately, as we all know, there's going to be significant mental health need out there in terms of um, people with significant problems, which is not helped by the kind of the impact of the particular pandemic and COVID. So that's a particular challenge which we're focused, which is focusing our minds at the moment. So there's plenty of stuff going on. But I think there's some, there's some really interesting themes in there, and I look look forward to to talking about some of those. I, it, it's not often someone describes their their role as a privilege, so I think that's a great a great way to start our start our conversation. I think you know from what I can see, one of the one of the really refreshing things about the work that Restore and and you are doing is the is the fact that it sees 
employment and work as as potentially a solution to mental health challenges. I think so much of the dialogue in business at the moment is is around um, the workplace as a cause of mental health challenge. But but you've you've turned that round, and I think that's a really you know potentially quite an empowering message for for businesses and, and employers. I'd love to hear more really about at a practical level. Um, you know what 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 engagement you have with the with the business community and through your own initiatives with the college, and and how that's making a positive contribution uh, to to the mental well being and as, and as you said, le- leading meaningful lives in recovery. Well, one of our um, core services in this particular is is around sort of the the value of coaching. I know this is used throughout the business world, but we've we've taken that and also we offer a particularly kind of mental health recovery recovery view of coaching. But as part of our kind of our mission in terms of that particular service, um, we are having contact with kind of individuals and we're wanting to kind of, you know, getting them into to, to work because we, we recognize many of the individuals are coming to us and saying they want to work, but they need a bit of kind of coaching to try and discover, you know, discover where their particular skills lie, but also what opportunities might there be out there. So our coaches are required to sort of liaise actively with local kinds of businesses out there um, uh, with a view to trying to establish, you know, what potential opportunities there may be out there. We also work with kind of, you know, with um, job centre pluses, those those particular people, uh, those particular agencies and other partners around that that particular thing in terms of citizen vice bureaus or whatever it might be, in terms of trying to sort of tap into potential opportunities and I think for us, we take a very sort of, I think f- for many individuals in mental health, they can, they can have a lot of kind of down downtime. And if we're struggling, sometimes that downtime can be in a kind of in a ruminating way. It can be very quite sort of counterproductive and can actually enable and enable people to become quite, quite, it can affect their functioning really. And so work, we tend to look at work as a means of kind of, of giving focus, of providing space where a person is kind of challenged a bit in terms of, you know, to take notice of what's going around them. That's what you have to do when you you go into a kind of um, a work environment. Um, and so it's our belief and our terms of view that actually work potentially can be a real positive release in terms of now allowing an individual to kind of move forward. Um, and as long as we in kind of, and I suppose the caveat to that, as long as we, if, if we as an employer can provide those kind of sensitive, mentally healthy type sort of workplaces to, to essentially support those individuals, what an absolute resource is out there that's kind of, you know, that businesses can potentially tap in because there's a huge amount of creativity out there, which we discover, a huge amount of talent, which has perhaps been kind of dormant. Um, so... It's kind of a no-brainer, really, from our point of view, in terms of you know. But I think it's a sort of joint sort of, it's a kind of the challenge there to 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 employers and to us because we're an employer to make sure that that you know that the environments and things like that are mentally healthy as it can be to enable those sort of individuals to to thrive. I think there's an education aspect. I mean, I think for all of us in terms of in our careers, there's a sense of wanting to sort of move forward, and that that's involved in terms of um committing and investing into learning new skills. And um, I think that's kind of, you know, that ties in a little bit to the way Restore develops its um, its recovery college, 
which is open to all individuals in um, in Oxfordshire. Um, and that is a way of helping kind of individuals to, to in a sense, to sort of, you know, um, to, to carry out or to take part in some training to skill development in terms of, you know, um, to enable them to be, to kind of, you know, to be a more attractive proposition if they, when they move forward. Um, and I think that that's a kind of really important, really, in terms of that. So uh, those are the kind of main things I would kind of potentially highlight, really, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think that the point you make about about focus is is really interesting. And and of course, you know, we've we've seen through the pandemic, I, I think a a societal reevaluation of of how important uh, rather than negative work can be in in in, in exactly as you, you you said, creating focus, but also providing the the social context, the the human context within which to do that. And you know, I think we we hear a lot in the in the media about um, the, the the challenges to mental health of of the current um, arrangements, not not just lockdown, but the, the the presence of a pandemic and 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 how people perceive that. Is that is that something real that you're seeing in your work and your interactions with with the people that you support? I, I think it is. I mean, I think when we we talk to our individuals, because we we like everybody else are having to, um, we've had to through processes like lockdown in try and engage with our individuals that use our services in kind of in in digital ways for example um i know this is not not news to anybody but it's to, but it is important in terms of some of the things that we're picking up is that one um we are picking up that in a sense people are becoming more disconnected from their usual because work is an important as as you mentioned an important kind of social network um, but it also provides, I think, I wouldn't disregard just the importance of things like having a routine in life and things like that. So we're finding when we're reaching out to our individuals that um, their, their normal routines of attending one of our recovery groups, for example, have been disrupted, sort of significantly disrupted. And we're finding that that's having, is having quite a significant kind of sort of, um, you know, ne- you know, impact on terms of those individuals in terms of that. So, um there's, there's the kind of key things around that. And, and, and also, I think just that sort of that ability to kind of, you know, um, when we do a lot of teamwork in our services. You know, if, if you're working in a cafe or producing something, you're having to work with a bunch of other individuals. So it's that feeling of working in a team, which is shared throughout our service. And I think, you know, it's obviously a key thing in business, but it's kind of, you know, not having those kind of routines or being that being is, is we're, we're noticing is having quite a significant kind of um, impact. And it, and it just gives, I mean, it's, there's something about kind of, it just gives one a sense of achievement at, you know, at the end of the end of the day or in terms, I mean, no, it sounds, but it, it's important, I think. And um, I was just at a service just now, actually, in kind of, you know, in our, one of our cafes in, in um, which provides kind of, um, it's a cafe. It's on lockdown at the moment, but we're do, we're trying to sell and give. We're doing stuff for the local community. But one of the guys there had been working as a team, and they just produced a whole load of this great big sort of bunch of kind of cakes and all that sort of stuff. But he was kind of sharing it out and all that sort of stuff, and that sense of achievement about teamwork, achievement about that kind of thing. It was just yeah, it was just good to see. I think it's an important sort of factor in terms of thinking. I'm a big fan of and student of positive psychology. So it, I think that that whole idea of, of growth mindset, of, of actually focusing on achievement and goals and using coaching to support that is, 
is really fascinating in in the context of of, of recovery. I did. Um, I recorded a. I was lucky enough to record a, a podcast recently, which we will be launching soon, uh, with Lord Stevenson, who was the co-author of the government's report on uh, thriving at work, which came out in twenty seventeen, which was a really really interesting read. And, and one of the things he said to me, which which struck me, was if if as an organisation you don't think you've got a mental health problem, you're failing. And I, and I sort of challenged him around that, or, or, uh, or certainly listened to him around that. And the, you know, what he was saying was, if 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 the stats are right, and one in four people have some form of anxiety or mental health issue, and that's reflected in the workplace, we we all have mental health issues to to deal with. And I, and that you know that that certainly resonated resonated with me. And I, the question I was going to ask you is, do, do you sense that people in in business and wider society are becoming more literate? In mental health and and finding it easier to not just recognise mental health issues, but but have a, a strategy to help support them, or is that wishful thinking? Do you know? I I I I think there has been quite a lot of sort of positive kind of movement on that over the last few years. Really, I think certainly I picked it up, and I mean some of it's about the kind of you know the greater profile given to to stigma campaigns and some of the stuff that we've seen prominent people coming out talking about their kind of mental health experiences, prominent sportsmen, for example, people in kind of, I wish there was a few more people perhaps leading business that would come out and be more, be more open, but and some of the royals also and things like that. So I think there's been a general sort of opening up of kind of discussions and I guess the kind of the permission to have those discussions in terms of demystifying mental health and kind of owning it. Because I think what we're trying to do in kind of restore, I think it's right. It is part. It, it is part of the workforce, but it's actually part of all our lives, in terms of as individuals and as family members and all that. So it's actually part of our lives. So it seems a bit strange to not think of it being present in the workplace. In the workplace, sorry, because it's actually sort of part of our lives. I think um, what I would 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 say about that is kind of you know. It really is that if, if if we accept that that sort of premise, then let's kind of you know, and I think this is where there is still work to do. But let's try and sort of think about how we can get get it talked about in the workplace. Workplace, I think, is is a kind of key thing. So it's suddenly the sort of you know, um, it becomes a kind of normal part of the culture for people in business and people in restore to be able to have conversations around that area in the actual in the workforce or in groups sort of in in kind of you know in settings such as where where teams come together and all that type of thing and i think one of the things that often there is still an element of kind of people feeling that that's a sort of arena for specialized kind of mental health kind of doctors or social workers or wherever it might be or well, that's a kind of a setting for them and oh, I'm not going to get involved with that type of thing. And I think there's actually some of that is kind of, you know, um, is, is around sort of, you know, being quite scared about getting in those conversations because, you know, I think kind of there's a feeling perhaps if I get start talking about these issues, is it going to make it worse or is it or is the person suddenly going to have a real blowout or, or in terms of that? And what do I do? You know, those kind of basic things. But I think... Um, what I would argue, and I think there has been movement, is that that kind of, you know, having basic sort of conversations with an employer about 
you know, their well-being, because their well-being is directly going to affect the way they perform. So if, if we're all interested in getting the best out of the people that work for us in terms of that, then, you know, what a mad, what a mad world if you don't talk about one of the things that's a key point of each other's kind of work, workers' lives. So if you ignore that, then you're kind of, you're missing a trick, really. You need to sort of be able to have those sort of conversations. So I think there has been positive movement, but um, I think there's still some way to go in terms of, you know, and I think... Um, you know, I I think it's it, it's good to see it head in that direction. Um, I guess my you know what I would I think those sort of conversations may well become increasingly more important as we do suffer you know the the reemergence from the pandemic um, in terms of that. And I think you know I was thinking about this today, but there's also a lot of people that are coming back into the the workplace, the workplace having been decided you know furloughed and things like that and. If we as an employer don't actively have those discussions with those individuals when they return about what that experience is like and you know in terms of that, then I think then kind of you and and th then I think there's a danger that that kind of maybe some you know well-being issues will will perhaps become quite submerged and then the danger is that they can become quite destructive and then you've got people going off for long periods and the sort of the impact that has on businesses, but also obviously acutely on those individuals themselves. I mean, the, the, the real difficulty in mental health is often it's getting in early. It's, it's sort of, you know, it's intervening early. Um, you know, when mental health starts to be kind of left to sort of fester or if it in a sort of, you know, in a negative way, then often the journey back each time becomes more and more difficult. So, um, that's kind of what I would say on that. If that makes sense. total sense. I mean, I think that there's a couple of interesting themes in there for me. One is the the, the importance of, of acknowledging that return to the workplace, which is a you know, in any situation I think would be a, a difficult transition uh, for people, and you know, exacerbated if if there are mental health issues, which 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 that touches. But also acknowledging that for many people they're returning to a very different workplace to the one they left in March or September or whenever they left that workplace, and you know that that can be incredibly unsettling and, and needs to be acknowledged by um, acknowledged by leaders in business. Well, yeah, I think teams teams may be very different. There may be less people, you know. So those people that you've built that those those kind of team relationships with that have been kind of you know because of the nature of you know cutting back on resources and you know there's going to be quite a lot i would totally agree there's going to be a lot of change to try and make sense of so i think it's about um as employers and as managers um it's about us having the the courage to tackle those issues um and i think to sort of take responsibility for them to try and think about areas in the workplace that we can th think about this and it doesn't mean it's often not about really radical kind of innovations or in terms of that, it's, you know, tweaks to the environment type things, looking at, you know, what the issues around flexibility in terms of bringing in, you know, using uh, digital type stuff or, or forums in terms of, you know, to, 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 to have conversations related to one's well-being, those kind of things can be incredibly powerful. So, and, and, it, and, and not hugely kind of expensive or doesn't require a huge kind of, you know, financial investment. What it does require is an investment from leaders like myself in Restore and others, you know, um, to be able to have that that willingness to want to kind of go down that road, if it makes any sense. I think that, that point you made about um, 
people's desire to do their to do their best work and and, and the fact that if we don't provide an environment where they can do that we have not only have the human cost of mental health but also the economic cost it is a really important one and that's you know that's not not me trying to make a business case for dealing with mental health because I, I think it stands aside from that but but it's just acknowledging that you know, actually addressing these issues is is incredibly important to the individual, their organisation, their family, and of course, you know, taking a broader view, the 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 economy, um, more more generally. So I, th- I think that is a, a really relevant relevant point, and I, I think if we if we don't create an environment, you know, from a leadership perspective, you know, many of the people listening to this podcast will be in leadership roles. Arguably, we're all in leadership roles. Um, many of them will be. Be, be thinking well actually you know is it my responsibility what you know what what can i do is there someone else in the organization that deals with that problem that issue and i think i'm interested in your views on this my, my philosophy has always been if you don't if you don't know what's going on in everyone's lives and you you're, you're not in a position to provide an you know anything on a range from empathy to an environment that supports those challenges you're, you're not leading properly and you know i I put my hands up and I fail in many areas on that, but certainly as an ambition, I think as leaders, we should be trying to understand so that we can give people the best opportunity to contribute. I think, I mean, you often some of the greatest, I mean, I suppose some of the sort of the great sort of sports leaders or captains or whatever, that I was going to think of the examples that, um, that, that we can think of, but I mean, often, you know, for example, take, you know, Eddie Jones, a rugby coach or something that we probably all know. I know he takes a, often the way he talks, he takes a close interest in the individuals in his particular team. And he's kind of, he's quite interested in what's going on in terms of, you know, their overall picture. It isn't just about whether a guy can, you know, do 16 scrums in or whatever it might be, that he's actually quite interested in the sort of the other, and he's talked about it, the other sense of the kind of, you know, the whole aspect, the 360 degree idea of an individual. And I guess it's kind of, you know, um, as leaders, it's a challenge really for us to think about that and to put the time in, you know, to put the time in to, to have those conversations to. And I think that it's a challenge, you know, you've got about 100 million things coming through one's desk or kind of 200 emails or whatever it might be that you get to, to invest in having those conversations and trying to get a sense of where, knowing your team, where, where an individual is, not in terms of not just the kind of the numbers they're producing, but the overall picture of what's going on um, is, is, I would say, really important and a challenge to us all, really, in terms of that. Um, I think one of the one of the interesting things about about working in a lock, lockdown environment has been that um, certainly anecdotally, I think people feel that they know a lot more about their colleagues than perhaps yeah. when they were working in the office because they're you know, not just seeing their homes, but they're having to be yeah. they're having to be much more sensitive to the personal commitments that people have um, in doing that. So maybe maybe we, you know, one positive to come out out of all of this is we're uh, seeing a sea change in how we how we understand each other's context. I think there's something about family as well. I think I'd throw in the family side as well. I think you know, it's not. You know, I've been on a number of Zoom calls where I've had you get interactions with one, uh, you know, one of my workers' family, which you would never have, you know, because of I don't know the screen or somebody walks in or whatever it might be. But I think um, I've certainly found that I've got a greater knowledge. I think just in terms of what are the the kind of quality of the sort of the social networks that they've got, or the quality of their um, um, their situation of individuals who work under me, for example, than I had. I would agree than I had you know, before lockdown started in terms of that. So I think that's the sort of, um, 
it's an opportunity, I guess, to sort of reflect on that and to think. And I think it having that sort of knowledge helps inform those developmental conversations which one has at various intervals. You know, in, in Restore, we we have regular kind of week supervision type meetings. Like in business, you have similar things, I'm sure, but in terms of, you know, um, it helps inform those forums to make sure that there it is a complete conversation, but notwithstanding, not losing sight of the kind of, you know, the overall aims and business objectives of, you know, for Restore, that's not lost in that process. It's actually enhances, actually, in terms of that. But it's, that makes sense. So the million dollar question uh, that I guess will be on many of our listeners' lips is, is you know, from your experience, what, how, how can people recognise emerging mental health issues in the in the workplace, and what's what's the best thing that they can do to help Im- improve the situation, improve mental wellbeing generally in their businesses? I think often one thing that I look for in terms of that is um, there's almost like kind of one of the sort of the, I guess there's this kind of warning signs and things like that which you would look would look out for. And I think it's certainly in terms of, you know, the things I would look out for is, is, is you know, well, we, we look for things like withdrawn and a kind of reluctance to want to engage in the life of restore or anything like that. So often um, individuals might kind of, you know, be, be kind of drop off that kind of particular radar. So become more kind of more isolated. There might be more sense of kind of, you know, um, unpredictability, I guess, kind of, you know, not meeting the usual kind of routines and all that sort of stuff is often a sign in terms of, you know, um, you know, those kind of, I mean, sometimes I was thinking, but kind of uh, not meeting those normal kind of flow of deadlines, which we all get. So once if those start to slip, there's often can be little, little things to look out for in terms of, and I think also it's, it's, it's just kind of, you know, um, if, if one notices, if an individual, often is, is 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 attempting to try and seek out help you know people are often so it's noting those contacts i think is often a sign so if we can if our kind of systems can pick up or note that when an individual is coming forward and picking up that we can we can keep to keep note of that because it's often if people are struggling or if there's then they often talk about it in some form or another in terms of that that it's and it's, it's sort of you know it's having our business and our kind of our radar attached to that to be able to sort of pick it up and I mean there's you know generally if um when mental well-being suffers you know um we often we look like it's suffering you can almost kind of read people's kind of um I don't know the manner and all that sort of thing but it's important to be in tune to body community you know body communication and kind of language in terms of that sort of thing so because often we we display what's going on very we might think we hide it but often it's kind of it's it's around in terms of that so it's it's picking and also i guess things like and the things you might look for in terms of you know um the sort of hr things about you know not absence and all those sorts of things and kind of you know potentially those are the kinds of those those would those sort of things would indicate there could be issues in terms of around so I think it's about kind of, you know, what we try and what we say in Restore is to, it's really important to try and sort of, you know, to have those conversations, to sit down with those those team members or whatever it is, and and just ask in a kind of, you know, w- w- just in a human way, really, just, just what's going on, kind of, you know, and just start to make, make have a normal kind of conversation, which is what it should be, just in terms of exploring those at an early opportunity, 
often, and I've been guilty of that, certainly in my only part of the career, was in a sense kind of, you know, I, I remember I had an experience quite a few years, you know, when I was starting out in management, but I kind of, I remember as an individual and I kind of left it. I was quite frightened. I wasn't sure what to say. I didn't know how to kind of tackle it. So I kind of left it. And um, it, then it manifested itself in kind of something more, you know, um, potentially a much longer absence when, when the thing, because it came out, often these issues come out in some way or another. So I think it's about having those conversations. And then it's about sort of not being frightened to put together a kind of a plan or a, or a, or a plan around that, really. And that's where you, there are certain elements of kind of, you know, of, of mental health. It's often about, you know, seriousness. Often if we have an employee who's got really serious mental health problems, then there is kind of, you know, obviously sort of health intervention, specialist intervention, which one has to work with one's HR and to, you know, to be able to flag. But there is a step before that often, which is about having those sort of initial kind of conversations um, to tackle some of those areas and putting a little plan in. And we often, I mean, I know um, mine talk about it, but putting ways around, there's the five ways to well-being, which you may be familiar of, which is a kind of, um, it's a sort of, it's really a philosophy around that sort of um, covers ways of maintaining well-being, but this idea around connecting and being active, taking notice, learning and giving, there's kind of five core themes there. So often planning around some of those areas can, can be, the, be do the trick in a sense of kind of, you know, um, and then wrapping it around the context of the, of the business environment one's working in, um, is often a really good way forward. Um, and I think it's just worth saying out there that, you know, we're all, we've all got the potential and capability to have those, those conversations with individuals. Because actually in, in kind of every, every, in everyday life, we do that. It is part of just being kind of living and connecting with individuals. Um, so we shouldn't be frightened to take those kind of values and put them in the business context um, and actually have the courage to better do that. Um, because I think it potentially um, can have great results, really. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting, and, and just it's so easy. I think in in a in a commercial environment, in a business environment, to think you've got an excuse not to be human. And actually, a lot of what you're you're talking about is 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 humanity. It's about the way we interact with each each other outside work, and there's no reason why that that can't be replicated in work. And I think you know the best. You know, I'm blessed with a, a very positive culture in, in my business and the, the best businesses that we that we work with you know really have have replicated that human family type culture in their organizations and and you know clearly that's a um a, a good ambition for for anybody what, one of the best pieces of advice is I was once given for um dealing with mental health issues and you know we've we I, I've I've worked with colleagues who who have um, quite serious mental health issues through to people who are just struggling and you know have some some lighter well-being issues but nonetheless all, all important and the advice I was given was was to be patient um and also to make sure you look after yourself when you help when you're trying to deal with these and I on that latter point you know I wondered if you had any thoughts on that really how how those involved in supporting mental health can um, can make sure that they they themselves um, are, are kept safe and well. Well, I think there's kind of there's, there's two things to that. I think the kind of um, what I was talking there earlier, just briefly before, was about the kind of you know 
looking after oneself in terms of as as a manager or as a senior leader is important. So the kind of the, the basic themes around making sure that we, you know, we connect with other people, they're being active, those kind of sort of um, themes are equally important for us as individuals to to try and practice that and to try and sort of, you know, to to, to try and ensure that we have um, a, a vibrant life as much as one can do, uh, you know, in terms of outside work. And we look after ourselves, I guess, in terms of that and be attentive to our, our own selves in terms of it. This is really important, I think, in terms of, you know, um, trying to tackle some of those areas. I think the other thing is it's just kind of, you know, um, there is an element of kind of knowing knowing one's limitations. We can't solve the world, you know, and sometimes mental health problems can be can be really entrenchable and don't go away very easily, I think is the terms of that. So I think patience is a key thing, but I think we need to know also, recognise our own limitations. So when and we have to get that kind of feeling when we feel like perhaps things are kind of, you know, we haven't quite got a handle on this or things aren't quite, you know, um, we're proving we're not seeing the improvement in individual perhaps that we would like to see, that we know it's okay to kind of ask for help and use the kind of structures around the kind of organisation in terms of, you know, um, other structures which may be available, um, external support that may be available. I know various organisations have different structures around that, but I think don't be frightened, I guess, to be able to take those sort of decisions and to feel, um, and to open it up. I think, um, you know, we're lucky in Restore, really, because we have a sort of um, a senior management executive team, which if we have issues related to, to I guess, to, um, for example, um, mental health in the workplace, then we can collectively look at it and share experience in terms of in that area um, with each other. So it becomes less of a one-on-one -on -one problem. It becomes more of a kind of, you know, we can use our the team around us to be able to kind of, you know, um, to try and, you know, move it forward. And I think it's knowing what's out there. There may be people in the organisation that, um, you know, have got, you know, knowledge around in more detail kind of, you know, about things that we can specifically do related to issues related much to significant depression or significant stress or any other kind of, the, the, it's using the kind of expertise of people around. And that's important, I think. Um, we're blessed really in Restore, obviously, because it's, it's our business. It's kind of in terms of that. But I'm aware for people, you know, taking part or listening to this podcast, then that, that's not the same. So it's about sort of, you know, don't be frightened to kind of seek out support and advice around those particular issues, because there are there are plenty of it around now, I think, to be able to offer, offer that. Um, and there's also plenty of... Um, sort of guidance the way to to sort of you know to build up plans and to try and sort of um sort of you know build strategies around that and i think um one of the key th i think it's and it's also it's about sort of i guess allowing in people to take ownership of their own plan because people have responsibility in it it's not about you as an employer taking you're not in a sense you're not responsible for a person's <laughs> It's a joint, you know, people have responsibilities. So it's kind of, you know, it's, in, it's making sure that comes into the sort of, into the planning process in terms of, you know, to make sure that it's kind of shared and it's open, um, it's empowering and that type of thing. Um, but it isn't around the employer, you know, having a magic wand and solving everything and taking responsibility for solving it. It's, 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 a, it's a joint issue, if that makes sense. 
Simon, there's a lot. There's a lot in there that's insightful, but 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 also, and uh, what I'm really grateful for, a lot in there that's very practical. Um, so that's been been some really interesting insights into into your work, but also some of the issues that you know many of the the, the leaders who are who are listening to the podcast will be facing. How how can people find out more about Restore and what you do? Uh, and also acknowledging that that not everyone's in the Oxfordshire region. You know, how, how can they look to help more broadly? Where where can people um, engage with organisations, charities like Restore? Well, I think in terms of let's, let's take Restore, I mean, um, we, we, uh, we, we obviously like have a lovely kind of website, which people are more than welcome to check out. Please do. Um, Restore.org.uk in terms of that. But it's, it's, it gives a really good flavour, I think, of the particular work which we do. Um, We've also got various Facebook and all the kind of usual sort of social networking stuff, which we do. Um, please check us out. That's really kind of important. I mean, I think um, we haven't talked much, but um, Restore is very much, partnership is very important to Restore. Um, in Oxfordshire, we have a kind of mental health partnership. So we're engaged with right from big, you know, Oxford Health, which is the kind of the health body which delivers mental health care to a whole load of other sort of third sector organisations. So we're, we're effectively joined together in a strategic way. And that, and I mean, that's something which I think is really important, actually. Um, it gives us kind of, you know, it feels, um, it gives us resilience to be able to tackle, but it's also a, a wonderful kind of flow of information across that um, in terms of, and I think, um, you know, there are organisations, I would urge employers to look at, our partners, like, for example, Oxfordshire Mind, who National Mind have lots of stuff which is really worth engaging with. There's Mindful Employer, which is, you know, an organisation based around the Devon Partnerships Trust, which has got lots of resource around for helping line managers work with mental health in the workplace. Um, there's an awful lot out there, really, if one looks. So please don't be frightened to have a look. It's well worth it in terms of that. Um, have a look at that. Um, so that's what I would probably recommend having a look. Great. And that, that's it. That sits really nicely, Simon, with the general message of, of keep your awareness levels high uh, and everyone can make a positive, a positive contribution. Thank you so much for your time today and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks, Simon. Thanks.